I, I knew in a way, like, I had to do something wise with the money I was making from Amazon. Um, but I didn't know what yet. So, uh, Marcus, you said Joshua Crisp. This guy was doing multi-million dollar um, deals on Amazon, making multi-millions of dollars just from his products on Amazon. And he was putting it all into real estate. So I said, oh, that looks like a good idea. Hello and welcome back to the Smartest Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm Jaquita. And we have a very special guest for you today. Our next guest has been nothing short of spectacular since meeting him in 2017. When we first met, we were both working on building Amazon businesses. And I'll never forget the day where he posted on Instagram that he was able to quit his job while yelling out the window, I did it! I'll never forget that video. I'll never forget the freedom that I saw in his face that day. And then I soon saw that he was a part of Joshua Crisp uh, AMZ formula program where they worked to combine Amazon and real estate together. And I remember thinking, he's going to knock this out of the park. And that's exactly what he did. On his very first flip, he turned a funeral home into one of the most beautiful homes I've ever seen and made a multiple six-figure profit on his first flip. My man has built a seven-figure Amazon business. And now he's moving into real estate where I'm sure he'll surpass doing the same. He's retired from the nine to five grind, built an amazing life for, his fa- for him and his family. And now he owns property in the Philippines. Join me and welcome this absolute rock star and our good friend, Joey O'Connell. Hey, man, I got to be hey honest guys, with you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, I got to be honest with you, man. I got a little choked up as I was typing that out, uh, just kind of. You know, thinking about all the things that you have accomplished, how we started together and we were just testing product after product. And they were, it was just one issue after another one. And then you hit this home run, man. And I'm, I never forget being so happy for you. Just yes. like this genuine feeling of absolute happiness, man. And as I was writing it out, I was like, keep it together. Keep it together. This is your friend. You got to do it right. Let's just keep it together, man. So, yeah. Very emotional moment, even for me at that time of writing the intro. But enough about me. I'm going to get into you now. <laughs> so let the guests know your background and how you got into real estate in the first place. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for having me uh, on your podcast, All About Real Estate. And um, a little bit about me is uh, like when I started, guys, I was at least into entrepreneurship and getting into being my own boss, getting to quit my own job. I had no money. Really, I was broke. I was living in a, um, a one-room apartment. Um, it was not a good lifestyle. So that was kind of my motivation getting into all this. Um, I had looked into selling products online, um, eBay, things like that. Long story short, I got into Amazon. Um, I started sell- selling private label products and that got me out of my nine to five. Um, after that, I knew that people who took their money and spent it right away on silly things, um, <laughs> things that, you know, really didn't bring you money back. Uh, we've all heard of stories of famous celebrities that become famous, take all of their instant money and, and throw it away on new cars and, and things like that. Um, they be- They can become poor you know, within a matter of years. So I, I knew in a way, like 
I had to do something wise with the money I was making from Amazon. Um, but I didn't know what yet. So, uh, Marcus, you said Joshua Crisp. This guy was doing multi-million dollar um, deals on Amazon, making multi-millions of dollars just from his products on Amazon. And he was putting it all into real estate. So I said, oh, that looks like a good idea. Yeah. He invited me to um, Chicago, to Illinois, to look out at all of his rental properties. And um, I, I think at the time he had around 60, but, but now he has over 200 doors, uh, rental properties. So yeah. that was kind of the impetus, the, the really the, the motivation to go from Amazon to get into real estate. Um, with one little caveat, out where he was investing in, in Indiana, not far from Chicago, the home prices were a lot lower. I myself am from Massachusetts, the Northeast, which tends to be um, the home prices tend to be a lot more. And um, the deals are a lot more risky because of the higher cost, um, because I'm, I'm not a multi-multi-millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely but that was just kind of getting into it is just how can I spend my money wisely? How can I put it in a place where um, I could really maximize instead of, you know, going out and buying candy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, that that was a really smart thought process yeah. um, that shows maturity on entrepreneurship level and just you yep. as a person. Um, so just tell us a little bit more about how you found that first deal. Um, we, we learned about how you got into it. Now tell us how you found that first deal, what that looked like. Whew. Oh man, that was, that was a, it's a great story. I'm really glad you guys are, you know, bringing me on here to share about it because I really want more people to know about it. Uh, basically, I was living in an apartment in Massachusetts uh, in a small town outside of Boston. And um, we kept trying to find these homes. We went on the real estate ride along in Indiana with Josh. And we were just trying to figure out, like, these homes are so more, much more expensive than the ones in Indiana. How are we going to make this work? Um, for instance, you would go and look for a deal. You'd find a house maybe $400,000. And um, it's like an hour away from Boston. You know, you go further and further west out there. And a $400,000 house is like an old barn that's falling down. <laughs> you know, the plumbing's all janky, everything. It's almost a teardown. And we kept going from home to home to home, rental properties, flips, whatever we could try and figure out. They were all teardowns. And we started to get really discouraged because we were looking for about six months. We couldn't find anything um, until one day uh, right across from our apartment, the owner of a, uh, a few funeral homes put one of his funeral homes up for sale. Here's the thing. He didn't put a for sale sign out front. It was only on Zillow. So no one in town knew he was selling it. What's wow. the reason he did that for? He didn't want the townspeople to think he needed money. Yeah. Oh, so okay. he only put it up on Zillow. <laughs> Got it. Um, <laughs> wow. That's how we were able to find the deal without having loads of people rushing in trying to buy it because there's a lot of competition in the Northeast. Yeah. Really? At that, so if four hundred thousand buys you a barn, like what? Because I don't know much about the Boston, Massachusetts area. What on earth is the median price if four hundred thousand is like? Because your it sounds like your four hundred thousand is like our ninety five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want a if you want a starter home, 
um, 600,000 to 500, uh, 500 really would get you probably a, you know, a 1,200 square foot home, something really small, one, one bed, maybe two beds and a bath. Wow. Um, but you're really looking at 600 plus and anything under that is <laughs> probably not something you would want to live in unless wow. you're single, you know, you have a dog. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot different up here, at least when you're closer to the city. Um, you can find cheaper properties, but the problem we found is the, the further West we went, the more the towns became less populated. They were kind of like dead towns gotcha. where no one lived there. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just them. really risky for us to, yes. to yeah, for sure. put money in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad that we even asked you the question of how you found the first deal because a lot of people thinking of getting into real estate, especially thinking of getting into flipping, um, a lot of times they think that, the issue is going to be finding a contractor or finding like these small little details or but, finding money. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> when you have a deal, finding a contractor and finding money is somewhat of the, the simple things to do. Yeah. Um, finding a deal is a lot of times the, the hardest part. And it's a lot of times where a lot of people quit right. because they're thinking like you know it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a deal and you know that I'm, then I'm gonna hit those challenges. Right. But the challenges really come up front. Like you know it it's really hard to find a deal and a lot of people don't realize that when they you know set on the journey to become a flipper or you know just an investor in real estate. It's it, it is really hard to find a deal and that is amazing how you found your first one. Um, I love creative real estate yep. and I love like thinking outside of the box. And you definitely done that, and you obviously hit a home run, and I love it for you. Nice. So, like, our listeners like to get into the numbers to kind of paint themselves like a picture of, like, what this deal looked like, what, like, what was the acquisition, rehab, and all of that stuff. So what was the what was your acquisition cost on this and uh, rehab cost? Yeah, so the acquisition cost was 362000 So we're under that $400,000 <sighs> Uh, Mark, like I was telling you before, which is incredible because um, all said, all said and done, it's a roughly four thousand square foot home. Uh, It's really a big home. The other problem with the house was not only was it a funeral home, the first floor was zoned for business, (laughs) and the second floor was zoned as a residential in-law. So you had two problems: the real estate investors would come in and they would ask the town can I turn the downstairs into another rental unit? And the town would say, no, we don't want any more rentals in town. Our, our town has too many rental properties uh, the school board. Um, and then the uh, people that want to create a business, they say, can I turn the upstairs as a business owner? And the town would say, no, you can only use the downstairs. So everyone that came into the deal kept getting smacked down by the town until we came along and had the idea of, um, you know, either we were going to live downstairs and rent it illegally, uh, which we didn't (laughs) end up doing or or just flipping it, which none of the flippers had even thought to do because all of the rental real estate investors were, you know, going into it. So um, yeah, that was the acquisition. and, And that's why the price was so low because when we started looking at it, he first put it on the market for 550 and doing the math in my head at a 4,000 square foot home, that's kind of risky, um, you know, after you sell the property. But once he dropped it to, um, I, I think the original price was 
370, but we negotiated 362 later. Then I knew I was like, okay, we really we got to take yeah. another look wow. at the home. Um, nice, man. That's that's we, crazy. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that's almost 200k off the original asking price. Yeah, that's that's first, and then second <laughs> thing is you just told us that you can barely get like a, a shack or something for 400 thousand, but you got a commercial property that was zoned for commercial and residential. Like, yeah. it, I mean, the opportunities are endless, but again, it's that creative side, that thinking outside of the box, thinking of ways to do things that people have not even begin to thought to think of right. and that that i feel like is what led you to that success that you really got out of that right. property. exactly and i mean i just cannot stress how much i think that is amazing like <laughs> yeah. that, I, I mean i'm loving it i'm loving it yeah. so tell us how long did that that the remodel take and what challenges that you faced now we heard that you know some people were thinking about like you know the rezoning uh, like tell us some of the the challenges that you uh, faced and then how long that the actual renovations take yeah so uh you know after we had gone we had purchased the home for 362 um we had gone to the town and said can we rent it the the downstairs and the upstairs as a two-family they said no um then we said okay well the downstairs is a commercial can we rent it to let's say a dentist or uh, maybe an at-home care uh, company they said yes, but you're going to have to um, pave the whole backyard, and you're going to have to do all of these other things. It just really didn't make sense for the residential because there were homes all around. I mean, for the commercial because there were residential homes all around it. Um, so that was kind of like the big challenge at the beginning. What do we do with this home? That's why no one would buy it because everyone said, "What are we going to do with this home?" Right. And then we just came upon, you know let's just get started. Let's rehab the first floor. I had a budget of $70,000 for this first floor. Once we get the first floor done, then we can decide maybe, you know, we could figure out something later. So the first floor took about one year because, um, I did all the work myself and, uh, wow. my father helped me. Really? And then we, yeah, we hired a, a plumber and electrician to do all of the safety work and then a plasterer to do some of the plastering on the drywall. But um, that's wow. why oh it all God. said and done, the whole home took two years. First floor, one year, second floor, two years. Um, but we did all the work ourselves, And like I said, guys, because I have an Amazon business, it's really almost 100% passive. Uh, I was able to take all of my time and work on the house as if I were a contractor. <laughs> wow. That man. is crazy. I had no idea that you done yeah. all the work yourself. What was that like? Um, to be honest, uh, like going into it, you think it's going to be like HGTV. <laughs> you think it's going to be quick and easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like we were okay. Picture this guys, right? We just bought a funeral home that nobody wanted. It had an in-law upstairs, my newly married wife that's pregnant oh from the Philippines, which Asians tend to be a little more superstitious than, uh, us Americans, um, she did not want to move into a funeral home. I would not uh, want to move into a funeral home. So it, it, but thankfully she had a lot of grace and understanding and, you know, re I really sat down and told her why. And so we moved in and, you know, we had a lot of fighting between me and arguments and it, it was just a lot of sweat, hard work and, yep fighting with the town about permits because I'm new. I don't know what I'm doing. 
And um, it was a lot of struggle. I think around year two, um, I wanted to give up. I was I was ready to throw in the towel. But um, thankfully, we kept pushing through and we were able to get it on the market. But um, it's like I would recommend if you're going to do a rehab yourself, just do a smaller home. Don't pick a 4,000 square foot home. <laughs> Especially not on your first go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Oh, my goodness. So what, knowing what you know now, would you do it again? Exactly. Not that size house. If I was gonna, <laughs> if I was gonna do, if I was gonna flip a home, I would hire out most of it. But I, I learned a lot from the experience. I know how how much things will cost. You know how long it will take a contractor reasonably to do jobs because I've done it all myself. Yes. So got it. Um, nice. It was a good learning experience overall, and I saved a ton of money. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Man. so we got the acquisition cost, rehab cost. So what was the final sales price? Like when it was all said and done, the two years, everything you put into it, um, what did you guys end up listing for? So we listed it for, we were going to list it for um, 900000 because at the time it was February and we were talking prices with our realtor. But by the time we got it on the market, it was um, beginning of July. And at that time, the interest rates, the Fed had raised the interest rates quite significantly. Mm -hmm. um, and someone across the street just sold their home. So we put it on for $790. And it, it was actually ended up being a great price. I kind of wish we put in maybe $830 if, if we could have gotten more. But the good thing is it, like it, it sold right away. So right. within a week and a half, I think it sold for $790,000. Um, we got full asking price a news anchor from Boston bought it <laughs> wow. and, um, what a, it, a famous personality, a news anchor. So it turned out to be a really, really great, great ex selling experience yes, that with is our amazing. realtor and the sellers. So <laughs> yeah, I can tell you like, I mean, I'm, you know, we're not in Massachusetts, but uh, with the interest rates rising and um, you know, that July timeframe that was, I would say the end of June to July was like the real turning point where a lot of people realized, hey, what I could afford back then, yep. I can no longer afford. So, I yep. mean, you guys must have had a price just right in order for it to go in the market. I mean, I'm sorry, to go on the contract so soon, um, a week and a half with those interest rates and, you know, their study going up. I mean, you guys yeah. done a great job there as well. This is reminding me of like, and I can't make this up episode. Think yes. about it. Like he said, like the shacks are going for uh, 400,000. He got the property under that amount. He did the rehab itself. First floor, 70,000 took two years. And man, I wish that you guys could see the pictures of this place. It's absolutely oh, no. phenomenal. Yes, like I would say, I I remember you showing me like his story, and I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, like I was like, I, it, now that you're saying you away. did it yourself, yes, jeez, like I, I know contractors that don't have work that good, man. Yeah, so yeah, so wow. that, and <laughs> Thank then you. yeah, seriously, and then to see that he sold it for top dollar to a news anchor. I mean, it's just yes. one crazy thing after 
another with this yes. with this rehab yes. and it was your first one and, i mean when we say crazy crazy good things right i mean you don't hear crazy good things happen on <laughs> rehabs all the time i'm like so <laughs> let me get this straight what now everything i mean i know for you being in the thick of it for the two years it must not have been fun all the time but i mean that is a amazing story a great story and i'm sure one you would not take back for anything no i wouldn't <laughs> yes no, it's funny, guys, because we were like, we put our house on the market for seven ninety, right? There was a flipper, two homes over, that was half the size of ours. He put it on for uh, seven sixty. Okay, mine sold in two weeks. His didn't sell. He took. He just took it off the market. I think three oh. weeks ago because it, he he tried drop. He dropped his price a uh, hundred thousand, and he still he couldn't sell it. So. I think like that price was perfect. It went to the right buyer at the right time. It was yep. just the everything about that was like set in set in stone <laughs> yeah. before that's, we did it. So that's why knowing your numbers is so important. Yes. It's really important to know yeah. your numbers. Yes. So you're not listing things and then having to take it off the market. And who knows what's gonna come of that. May have to if there's some hard money or something in that, may have to refinance that lender out, sit on it, rent it out. Well, I don't know, maybe yeah. because the townspeople, they they seem like they're pretty strict on what you can and can't do. So who knows what happened there? Yeah. You never want to end up in that situation. So I know like we talked about Joshua Crisp, Crisp in the past, um, like the, at the top of the interview. And I know that he does like apartment complexes and things like that. Do you have any interest in doing the same? I would, but not particularly in Massachusetts. Um, there are a lot of it's very uh, renter friendly and mm-hmm. very hostile toward landlords. I'll give you an example. Um, my last lor- landlord named Jack, he's an old guy. He's been a landlord in Massachusetts for probably uh, maybe 30, 40 years. He's been, he owns many, many properties. I got to know him as, when I was renting uh, his apartment. Um, he built a brand new um, commercial kind of like strip mall. Mm-hmm. Um, in a town over from mine. After he had built it, he got all the zoning permits, everything. He went to go rent it. He was going to rent it to um, a few high-end businesses. Uh, I think a few doctors' businesses. It was ready to go. And then right before the lease was signed, the town told him, wait a minute, you cannot rent to these types of businesses. And he said, what do you mean? Wow. He said, you can wow. only rent to thrift stores. What? And he said, why? Well, there's a bylaw that I guess he didn't look at. The, the The business has to conform with the other businesses around it. So all of the other businesses around him were kind of like small thrift shops. So they he had invested millions of dollars in these new um, commercial businesses. And the town told him, no, you can't. Like they tell you who you can and can't rent to. So, um for me, I'm kind of like I want to be a like landlord. I want to acquire rentals, but just not in that area. So gotcha. I'm keeping my eyes open here in the Philippines, also in the Philippines, in other parts of the country to get into real estate um, to take my the money that I, I captured from uh, flipping that home to get into real estate. But um, haven't found it yet. But I know I will if I keep looking. There's always Texas. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, oh, nice, man. You, you can almost buy an apartment complex for the price of you guys' single family home. I know, right? They're so strict there. Wow. 
we don't have those kind of rules here in at least not in Houston. Um, but yeah, so if you can give yourself your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Just after everything, how everything is played out for you so far, what's one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Yeah, um, really, when it comes to business, stop making fear-based decisions. Stop overanalyzing. Um, you know, I have more faith in myself. Um, I, when it comes to investments, if the numbers look good, we're making we're making data driven decisions. We're not going on you know blind luck. We're not going on feelings. As long as you have done the math and yes. it makes sense numbers wise, yep. go with it. You know, have faith, and if you see it through, it'll work. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you have no idea. Again, we deal with a lot of people. You know, being. Uh, doing our meetups and everything, a lot of people come and they're uh, new investors. And how many people that, that come to us and we have to tell them, let the numbers drive right. the deal. Um, exactly. You cannot go off of emotion because you really want to get that first one done. I mean, everybody does. And, and I mean, it just, if the numbers don't work, then don't work. the first one will be your last one. Right. Uh, you know, because, you know, the first one could kill everything that you ever thought you wanted to do in the future. So definitely let the numbers drive the situation. And I mean, everything else will flow. Yeah, man. So like, I, I do like to give our listeners background on our guests outside of, you know, just real estate and stuff like that, just to really get to know you. So like when you're not doing deals, building stuff, building houses in Philippines and stuff like that. <laughs> what are you up to, man? Are you volunteering? You're traveling? Sports? What do you have going on? As if building houses in the Philippines isn't amazing enough. I know, Go right? I, I told you, but <laughs> Joe, he's, he's something else, man. <laughs> so yeah, that's a great question. You know, for me, um, I, I'm always keeping my eyes open for new business opportunities, parking lots, vending machines, um, laundry mats, things that businesses that are low maintenance and, um, you know, have a low acquisition to cost. They're simple. They don't have, um, a lot of complication in them. So I'm always looking for, um, new ideas, new ways to grow my money. Um, I so I would say the biggest thing is, is I'm, I'm always searching for opportunities online and, um, in other places. So, uh, I like just to finish out that story guys for my house. Um, I remember like it was the last night we were moving out and we were up till 12 o'clock just cleaning and getting out of the house. My wife were, and I were fighting and she was stressed out and we're driving to the hotel and I'm thinking, you know, what did I do? My family, like I put my family through so much stress over the two years and I kid you not, guys, like three seconds later, I pull up behind a white Lamborghini and the license plate, wow. it says buy low. Oh, <laughs> there you it go. It was a reminder. I had made enough money to buy a Lamborghini. Like, wow. what am I complaining about? Yes. <laughs> Man. I mean, so, um, that had to be a wonderful feeling. Yeah. For, <laughs> if, you, if you were like, God, send me a sign. Yeah, it was, it was it's right like there the, in your face. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, I was just praying to God, like, what did I... <laughs> and that just, that took away all the complaints. So now that I have free time, you know, I want to spend more time um, 
with my family and just doing activities. You know, I don't want to put my wife through a lot of stress like I did the last two years. So now, now it's more kind of enjoying my life a little bit after I've just been grinding with Amazon and real estate the last five, six years of my life. So right now I want to say it's the recharge. I'm in recharge mode, yeah. but I'm, I'm nice. still looking for opportunities passively. And and that's so important to recharge, especially Absolutely. when you have a family. And as much uh, torture or torment that you think you put your family through, they're going to appreciate those yep. times because that's what's led them to where you are right now. And if we haven't told the audience yet, Joey is interviewing us from the Philippines as we speak. Yep. Um, so just being able to take that time off and recharge and taking the time that you need with your family. I mean, those two years, I mean, I won't say it was nothing, but it's nothing in comparison to the life you can live now because of it. Absolutely. Man, we got to get you on for a Thank second you. interview. I know that I, I, I'm already feeling that you're going to do something. I'm going to look up on your Instagram account and be like, see, there he is again. He's gonna, he's yeah. gonna do it again. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're you're speaking low cost acquisitions and looking for the next thing again. We may have some opportunities out here in Houston because just in comparison to what you used to, you know, we may have to do some stuff together for sure. Yep, one hundred percent, man. All right, man. So that was um, our yeah, interview. I, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I do have one thing. It's it's an invention, and it's a popular accessory item to an, everyone, a, a household name, electronic item that I'm going to be launching soon. So that's that's my next big thing. You guys will see that um, nice. soon, I hope. <laughs> oh, looking forward to it because, you know, we, we love to support, love the game um, and everything. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. Let us know when, when it launches, and we would definitely look forward to it for yep. sure. Yep, man. So, yeah, that's been an absolute awesome. pleasure talking to you, man. I appreciate your time. It's been yeah. awesome. Been real. Been very insightful yeah. <laughs> to all the things that you've done to get, like, you know, you see it on the account, but to actually get the backstory, man, it's been absolutely incredible. So, you guys, that was our interview with Joey O'Connell. I hope that you guys loved it just as much as we loved recording it. That's it for this one. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.